Lift every voice and sing Till earth and heaven ring Ring with the harmonies of liberty Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies let it resound loud as a rolling sea. Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the presence has brought us. Facing the rising sun of our new day begun, let us march on till victory is won. Welcome to the Nine Point Podcast. I'm your host, BH. We at the Nine Points Podcast receive our inspiration from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. This scripture speaks to nine fruits of the Spirit of God and is read as follows. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. We at the Nine Points Podcast try to promote these principles out of obedience to God as a way to raise, sustain, and celebrate our unique families. Today's podcast is going to have three segments. This first segment, my wife and I are going to do a collaboration on the ninth uh, fruit of the spirit, uh, which is self-control. The second segment is going to be Z time, where I'm going to um, have a conversation with uh, Generation Z. And then the final segment, I'm going to share a little bit about the life and times of Joseph. So um, before we get started on self-control, today is September the 23rd, 2020, and um, we live in Louisville, um, and a significant situation has been unfolding here for the last several months, and I must speak about it. I'm going to say I'm going to say something real brief. Don't think about it. Don't think it's going to be earth chattering, Um, but I must say something about it because it's significant. There is nothing that I can say that has not been said already by people that can articulate it better than I can. Um, This community is hurting. This community is looking for answers. And I hope this community finds the courage and the um, the determination to find the real solution, and that real solution is God. Faith in Him, inviting Him to order our steps, including the comments that we use, and then being willing to sacrifice whatever we need to sacrifice so that we can hold ourselves to a higher standard. Never mind what anybody else wants me to do. Um, We need to learn. I need to learn to be a doer and not just a talker. 
And um, I really hope and pray that people that I love and people that I will love down the road who might not see eye to eye with me tonight. I hope that uh, I hope that many people out there will will um, make good choices. Um, will listen for that quiet voice of God, and um, and then do what He says. What He says ought to be done. Um, and I asked my wife, "Do you have anything that you'd like to share about you know about this?" day and this evening before we start talking about self-control and family? Um, I would say that my response is going to be what we're getting ready to talk about self-control that I have not yet prayed specifically on this topic. So I'm going to use self-control and not make a comment right now because I definitely don't want to hinder anyone or make things worse. So I really need to, um, you know, talk to God about it first before I make any comments. All right. Thank you. So um, as I, as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, we try to uh, have each podcast relate in some way to um the nine fruits of the spirit alluded to in Galatians chapter five, verses 22 and 23. Um, we believe that doing these things in between our ears, first and foremost, and at the man or the woman in the mirror, and then ultimately with our families and the people that are closest to us, that by living by these, by allowing these fruit to become the reality of our attitudes, that is how we go about <clears throat> creating the the personal and systematic changes necessary for a better world. It starts with the person in the mirror and absolutely has to take form and become the norm in the home of the family before it has a chance to um, manifest itself as any kind of policy. All right, so... Um, today, we're up to the, the ninth and final collaboration on the nine fruits of the Spirit. Those fruits, once again, are love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Self-control, important to family life. It's very important to family life because I can have, as a father, I can have righteous indignation. And as father, it is upon it is on me to step up and step into uncomfortable situations and give what God has given me to to make those situations functional. Um, and I guess for lack of a better word, the the buck stops with me. The buck stops with the parents. Okay. Um, I don't have to say that for my wife. It goes without saying, but as as daddy, if it's messed up, it's and it's on my radar, I need to do something about it. And there are things that I can that I realize are within my within my power to do. Yet 
just because I have the power to do it and there's precedence in it, it doesn't make it right for the moment. So self-control for me has been a, it's been a um, journey, very humbling journey, but a journey that I believe has made me a better man altogether. I'm humbled by the reality of autism twice and the realization that someone that I love does not communicate with the same um, common sense that we would all refer to as common sense. Okay. I can't stop loving somebody that does not, that does not speak the same way that I do that does not see the world through the, does not have like certain unquestionable understanding of certain things. I can't stop loving that person. I wouldn't want to stop loving that person. First off, let me get that out there. And I had to change my core so that I didn't cause harm to someone that I loved. Because of the lessons learned from autism over the first 10 years of King's life, the last eight have been less difficult. But that self-control is something that has to be intentional. I can't every time I get to I get to my limit and cross it and make a mistake. I can't just throw my hands up. And say, well, I did the best I can do. That's not the attitude that Jesus had. That's not the attitude that I would want if I had a excellent mentor that knew I could do better. Thus, I had to be more than was in me to be. And it started with being intentional. Um, with my self-control of my my uh, initial responses to certain things, my um, my attitude in between emergencies and pseudo emergencies that would pop up, my attitude had to change so that long-term behaviors would change. And um, and self-control is a very intentional thing. So, wife. Your turn. Did you want me to just say how the self-control relates to me or just however I see that I want to express? However you want to express. Okay. Um, When I think about self-control, I think about um, I need help from God to have self-control because the times that I've tried to control myself, I failed every time. So I already know right off the bat um, that I need his help in that area. And I also think that self-control can help you, um, you know, to stand out. You know, if you're a Christian, I feel like if I'm in a classroom and I'm a Christian, I shouldn't blend in with everyone else. If I'm really walking the path that God wants me to. So part of that is having the self-control to to stand out when you need to. 
And also, um, I would say that it goes along with some of the other uh, fruits of the spirit. You know, if I don't have self-control, how can I be patient? So I just think that getting, trying to get along with people, responding to others, responding to yourself. I just think all the way around, um, it's important to have self-control. It's important to be able to, like you mentioned, be intentional, but also being slow to speak, you know, listening first, listening, trying to listen to the, the person or reflect on the situation before you respond or sometimes having to say, I can't respond right now. Like I did a few minutes ago, um, after Tim made his comment, um, I said, um, you know, I, I need to, I need time on that first. So being, having the courage to do that when you're able to, to say, I can't speak right now, or I need to reflect on it, or I need to pray about it. Uh, but just taking that time out, I think is important. And I think that um, when you're in tune with God, it it helps a whole lot easier than me trying to fight and do it myself when I already know ahead of time that I need help in that area. So, and then as far as family life, I think it is it's the same. I think that in any situation that you're in, um, you want to have self-control. You want to be able to conduct yourself in the right way. And I just think that if that's, if that's the goal of wanting to conduct yourself in the right way, then I don't know how you are not, how can you do that and not have self-control? So I think it's critical um, for that. How do you, what do you think is the role of self-control when you have a difference of opinion with a very intelligent very humble, charismatic husband, and you have a disagreement with them. What is self-control? What's the role of self-control when that were to happen? Well, I think the first thing is it can help me to not hurt, like, you know, throwing darts at you. So if I'm able to control it, then the first thing that, that I might think about could possibly not come out, which would further add to the possibility of, of you getting hurt. You know, if it's not that, hold on a minute, wait a minute. So not quickly responding. So to, to me, that's self-control. Not responding how I want to or how my core is or how I might have responded 20 years ago just showing that growth. And then I think also acknowledging that our union is not about us. It's about glorifying God. So there are going to be times that you say or do things that I don't like or that I don't agree with. And I think the same on my end that you would have to exercise that self-control to not respond how you may want to. Cause sometimes Maybe it's not for me to understand at that time. Or you can't be tit for tat. Sometimes you have to let things go. And you need self-control in order to do that. Because if not, then there's going to probably be some lashing out. And then what's that going to solve? 
Do you think there are times where self-control could possibly make a situation worse in a family? Or do you think that self-control is something that has a place in any and every functional interaction? I think self-control has a place in any function. But I do think that it can make someone that doesn't have self-control extremely angry and in fact could possibly set them off further because some people, um, depending on your headspace, they may view that as that you don't care or that you're being stubborn. And then that may possibly intensify their response. See why I love her? appreciate that appreciate to it babe um appreciate you sharing the truth about self-control unscripted <laughs> fresh off of eating venting and oh yeah do you do want to do that okay just just off the heart so thank you babe i want to say something but i don't know if it'd be appropriate about this time of year but I don't know if it would be appropriate. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. Thank you, self-control and um, AKA velvet. And um, the next, uh, next thing you hear, you'll hear, you know, after the break, you'll hear me um, engaging the children for Z time. Stony the road we trod, bitter the chasing rock, felt in the day when hope unborn had died. Yet with a steady beat, have not our weary feet come to the place for which our fathers died. We have come over a way that with tears have been watered. We have come treading our path through the blood of the slaughtered. Out with our gloomy past till now we stand at last. Where the white gleam of our bright star is cast. Welcome back to the Nine Point Podcast and welcome to Z Time. Right now I'm joined by King, the oldest of our three children. Um, as my wife and I alluded to a little while ago, today is September the 23rd, 2020. And... Um, and the city of Louisville is going through a significant event, a traumatic event, a traumatic community event. And um, I want to invite King, my son, to answer a couple of questions. Um, the original plan was to have all three members of Z Time participate, but given the uh, the sensitivity 
of this situation and um, given just the nature of what I was asking them to do, um, it, it was determined that it wouldn't be best for them to speak on this. Um, it's nothing personal, um, but I can promise you that I can promise you that um, both twin and newbie, um, they have some constructive and deeply passionate um, points of view when it comes to um, our current um, our current state emotional state and social state and dealing with the um, the latest developments on this Brianna Taylor case so I will ask King to share his opinion on these two questions that I have King if something were to happen and on some strange some strange set of circumstances someone who loves Brianna Taylor a family member a close friend or a co-worker if someone that loves her greatly were to for whatever reason listen to this podcast and and be tuning in to this particular segment what would you say to that family member Hello there. I've heard about your loss, and I'd like to say that I'm sorry. I'm sorry that this happened to you, but let me remind you that you are not alone. We've all lost something, whenever intentional or on purpose. To you, to you and to you and your family, I hope I hope things can get better for you. And if if you're a believer of God and know who the Son of God is, I pray that I hope that that you, I'll pray for you, and I hope that you can pray a for the best. Try and stay optimistic. Also, vote. It really helps. And um, always update your family members on um the latest news so you'll be prepared for what will happen next I was strong I was strong King I was strong and genuine thank you for sharing that and um, my second question King would be um, like you touched on we all lost something we all our our lives are all changed because of what has happened in this community. Um, certain things, as as this situation has taken on a life of its own, and certain things have happened <clears throat> behind the scenes and right out, literally, um, in our front yard and right downtown and on the property that we go by every day as this situation has played out in front of us, none of us are going to be the same. Nobody is, is experiencing this like uh, the family of Brianna Taylor, but we're all dealing with some, with a new world, with a new set of eyes, with, with new expectations, uh, with, uh, with, with new wounds and 
and even as hard as it might seem with new opportunities. Um, so my question, King, is given that we're all coming through this together one way or another with one attitude or another attitude, we're all going through this together right now. My question to you is what role do you think families can play that could help to significantly decrease the chances of things like this happening again? Or hopefully one day, do you think that there's something that families can do to actually prevent anything like this from happening again? Like I said before in the first statement, make sure that you vote because that's very important. And also support each other more. Be around with each other more because you never know when a family member of yours is going to perish. That's what makes family time very important. And um, speak your mind out. Get your point out there very strong. And and stay legal. Make sure you stay legal. The last part, stay legal. What do you mean by that? Don't do anything that's over the top. Oh, I got you. I understand. Don't do anything that's over the top. I understand what that means. Um, but, you know, King, you said something real important. You were saying speak your mind. Um, tell the truth. Speak your mind. And I think something that's really important is there's a difference between talking to somebody and talking at somebody. Um, when you're in a family, it seems like the people that are closest to us can upset us the most unless unless we're dealing with an extreme circumstance. The people closest to us emotionally can sometimes bring out the worst in us. And it is for that reason that we as families learn how to really respect each other, even when I cannot stand the manner in which a person is behaving. I think it's important for us as families to get through it in a functional way, in a way that doesn't involve drugs and alcohol in a way that doesn't involve making threats and threatening gestures or ultimatums. Talking to someone involves being respectful, being honest, and being a good listener. And I think that as much as we say we love each other, in our family, in our extended family, and other brotherhoods and sisterhoods we might be a part of, a big part of showing that we love somebody is showing that we have the capacity to listen to them, even when our feelings are hurt or are frustrated. Showing that you love somebody involves being able to listen very well. What you got? To, what you got to say? I'm I'm in full agreement with what you said. I. 
I really hope I really hope things goes better for that family. And I hope I hope eventually justice will be served. Thank you, King. Thank you very much, King. And um, on behalf of your mom. Well, your mom and I, you know, we're going to briefly say a little bit. But what I think is. I'm going to listen in detail to uh, the press conference that the attorney general um, had this afternoon because I wasn't really able to listen to it while I was at work. I heard bits and pieces, but I want to go back and listen to everything that he said. Um, I will say, though, that while there are political and social issues that are going on in the world, in this country, and even though it is true that there are a lot of political narratives that are being um, that are being, <coughs> I guess, grouped in with the passion of, of uh, disappointed people. While that's factual, I think that it's important, and the Attorney General might have said this, but just personally, I want to make sure that it is said once, for, once and for all, for sure. This situation is very personal for our family in this community. Very personal. They have had their had hopes. They've known that they can't have they can't get Brianna back. But they've had hopes for certain things. They've had disappointments. They've been frustrated. They've had more hope. Then they've been disappointed and disparaged. They've been confused. So while there is so much talk about politics and what evil people might want to do to get to the end, to the bottom of their political gains, this is a real family that interacts with people that I know. I might have Coming, I have, I must have come into contact with people um, that are in Breonna Taylor's family because Louisville's not that big of a city. I've passed by these people. I will pass by these people. I'll work side by side with this family. This is personal. And to say to, I don't think that it will be fair, and I don't want to try to put words in anybody's mouth. But I don't think that it is fair to it would be fair for anybody to overlook that point. Um, I really, really want. Her family to know that they are not fighting alone. They are not fighting alone and that there are many ways. Many ways. To go about standing for and demanding justice. And you guys don't have to do it all by yourself. And everybody that's going to stand with you might not do it in the most um, 
elegant way or the most um, organized way. But I want them to know on a personal level that there are a lot, there are people in this community that want to try to make sure that what happened doesn't happen again and that we respect your loss by the way that we carry ourselves. So that's what I'd say. So you got anything else to add, son? I'm not really, I'm not even sure what happened. Like what exactly happened? Like, I'm not sure why why she was murdered like that and i don't know if i don't know if it was it was intentional or or what i i even though i haven't been making a mistake going by my faith i i want to think that this was a mistake but i don't know there's a ton of theories floating around and um and I'm just one of those people that happen to not pay attention to the news. As far as the, the facts that the attorney general laid, you mean didn't pay attention, didn't pay attention, or weren't able to hear the specific facts that the attorney general laid out? Is that what you mean? Exactly. Right. Right. Glad you said that. Yeah, and I haven't listened to the press conference either. I heard bits and pieces of the press conference. Um, I, I, per, I have not heard all the details of the case as laid out by, uh, attorney general, uh, Daniel Cameron this afternoon. Um, yet I know enough about the case to know that there are, there's a lot of, there's a lot of sadness. There's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of need and there's a lot of opportunity right now. And it's a, it's something that we can, we're going through together. So we might as well learn from this experience. We might as well, might as well learn and come together instead of just tearing down and taking away from each other because we've lost all of us have lost something in this nasty fight. But um, thank you, King. Appreciate you weighing in and representing your brother and sister. And um, the last last tidbit that you'll hear will be me reflecting on um, reflecting on a, a person in the Bible that was really, really, really strong. A hero. Thanks, King. No problem. Be right back. God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, Thou who has brought us thus far on the way, Thou who has by Thy might led us into the light keep us forever in the path we pray lest our feet 
Straight from the places our God where we met thee. Lest our hearts drunk with the wine of the world we forget thee. Shadow beneath thy hand may we forever stand. True to our God, true to our native land. Welcome back to the third and final segment of today's podcast. Um, I want to spend this time talking about a uh, significant figure um, in the history of the Bible um, and someone that the mainstream world or that is not Christian might not know a whole lot about, and that is Joseph. Um, I'm going to just share some some of the things related to Joseph's life that I believe could be really helpful for our families. And I pray that you will be um, inclined to reflect on the circumstances of Joseph and, and get with people, you know, Bible study people, make sure you try to get with somebody that's, that has a lot of, you know, knowledge of the Bible, somebody that knows the context of certain scriptures so that um, they can help to uh, help help you and help me, you know, when I'm with Bible study, people can help me with the, uh, the, the context in which certain information is shared so that we don't get a little piece of something and think we know it all and, um, and then accidentally misinform somebody else. So again, not for, you know, just for the purpose, again, for full disclosure, I want to talk about um, Joseph from the perspective of how it can help our families. Um, And to to tell you, um, this is coming from a commentary that I was doing. Um, Three years ago, I read the Bible um, from cover to cover a little bit at a time. And I realized, uh, you know, a couple of years ago that I did not put commentary for all of those sections, you know, each day. Um, there was a little part that you would read and most of the days I went back and added a little commentary here and there for certain sections. But since there's a lot of gaps, when I went back and looked at all the stuff that I printed off, uh, I've been spending the last couple of years going back and rereading my Bible, rereading certain things um, I might read the day before um, and then go into the day that is blank in my commentary section. Um, so that's how I got to Um, This particular part talking about Joseph's life. Um, And I want to talk about how the experiences of Joseph can help our families today. Joseph was a beloved son of Jacob that had very strained relationships with his older half brothers. Uh, I'm commenting from the place just before Joseph revealed his true identity to his brothers. The people who we want to please the most can be the ones that cause us the most sorrow. The ones that we want to share, the ones that we want to share their burdens with us might seem to go out of their way to make new bad decisions and harbor terrible attitudes because they're convinced that we don't really understand their struggle. The people that we forgive can find themselves even more confused and afraid if they can't comprehend the function of forgiveness 
beyond just having that temporary sense of, oh boy, I'm not going to be punished. Joseph knew exactly how both of those experiences felt. What I'm about to read right now is the commentary, part of the commentary that I had um, from the one year Bible. Joseph was a man whose life steps were ordered by the fruit of the spirit. He was humiliated and betrayed by his brothers. He was sold into slavery. Joseph was betrayed by a beautiful woman and a powerful woman, a beautiful and powerful woman. Then he was betrayed by friends that had promised to advocate for him while they were serving time together. Then to put a cherry on top, after he finds himself sitting side by side with the leader who was on top of the known world, the same people who started his downfall were standing before him begging. Joseph spent the last few years of his teens and all of his 20s being bounced around. He had his hopes uplifted only to be dashed over and over again. However, review everything that the Bible says about Joseph up until now. Personally, I can't recall a place where he did not speak or act from a position of love, joy, peace, kindness, perseverance, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Now, the precise motives of why Joseph did what he did here can be interpreted by any of us for a number of good reasons. Now, what I mean by uh, why he did what he did, I'm talking about when he, his brothers came the first time, he knew who they were, but they didn't know who he was. And he pretended like he accused them of being spies. He didn't tell them right away who he was. So then the second time they came back, he was still carrying on as if he didn't know them for a while. OK, that's what I mean by uh, his precise motives. We might not know. We can interpret things. We can conclude things, but we don't really know for sure why he did exactly what he did. But whatever conclusion that you or I ultimately settle on, check the record for how he engaged them. There was love, forbearance, and gentleness in that room when they came back the first time, the first time and the second time. There was love, forbearance, and gentleness in that room. Even though the brothers felt a whole lot of pressure, the fact remains that Joseph did not harm anyone and ultimately sent them away with what they came for. That was an act of kindness. The fact that he trusted that they would return with his younger brother after the first meeting was a sign of faithfulness. Joseph had self-control while in the presence of the family who humiliated, rejected, and deserted him. He could not have done that if he had chosen to reject the peace and love that God laid on his heart that day. What do you think Joseph felt when he realized that his father was still alive? He felt joy. What do you think moved him to tears when he saw his baby brother after all of those years? It was joy. You put all of these things together, and at least to me, it seems obvious that Joseph was more than a conqueror. Joseph did more 
than just overcome wickedness. Joseph provided opportunities for redemption and reconciliation. God chose to bestow that kind of authority upon Joseph after he had proven his faithfulness. Joseph endured some of the most horrible circumstances that life can dish out. Yet he was still willing to use the talents that he had for good. By the time Joseph's brothers arrived, he had been prepared by God to do what no mere conqueror could do. One of the most destructive lies that our enemy tries to feed us is the narrative that our current grievances are more powerful than the testimonies of people who have already come through something just like it. How different would Joseph's life have been if he had chosen to punish someone that harmed him? What if Joseph had gone after the woman that lied on him and got him sent to prison? What if Joseph had sent most of his brothers to prison and forced Jacob to spend his final days separated from them, just as he had been separated from Joseph all those years? What if Joseph had chosen to refuse to give his brothers the food that they came there for? What if Joseph had given his family what they came for, but chosen to maintain a lavish lifestyle without making room for them? Couldn't Joseph, out of anyone, justifiably have said, after all that I've gone through, I deserve this good life. I don't need to let people like that into my life. As evil as they are, as evil as they have proven to be, they can mess up this good thing that I've got with Pharaoh. Joseph's life was significant in a lot of ways. And even though I didn't talk about his uh, his marriage and his children, um, his life experiences are important for all of us that are in families. We all have to go through things. And one thing that, um, you know, I want to make clear is Joseph went through 13 years of being mistreated, rejected, used, lied on before he had the uh, before he had the opportunities afforded to him by God uh, through Pharaoh. 13 years, stuff that he didn't do. So he was accused of things that he didn't do. He was. He was uh, in that play, in that bad situation to begin with, out of envy. Brothers that were envious of him. And, I'll, you know, I will also say, you know, talk to people in, your, in, in the church. Get some spend some time to find out about Joseph and Jacob, his father. And some of the things that led to that, um, you know, that that negative um, relationship with his brothers. The reasons that we have anger, distrust, fear, or envy, whether we want to admit that we can find can be envious from time to time. The Bible tells you, by the way, point blank, don't evil, don't do not um, envy people that do evil. The Bible says it point blank. Um, 
but we can get so fixated on our reasons not to trust someone, not to let somebody back into our lives. We can become so um, cold. We could t- and and it could start from a it could start from a, a position of just trying to be careful, trying to learn from a mistake of being too trusting. It could start from something that good, but then when God has put us into new circumstances and helped us to understand how we could order our steps differently so that we go about treating other people not the way that uh, we the way that we want that relationship to be, but the way God wants it to be. Sometimes God wants us to when we talk about being the bigger person, sometimes God wants us to show what he's put on our hearts. It doesn't mean going back and doing the same things to let people hurt you all over again, but it takes God transforming the way that we see things transforming our attitudes so that we can love in spite of the history that might transpire between us. Because a lot of people are able to live after, after we do, and I say we, do bad things. And if God allows people to coexist with us after they've done bad things, Let him be the wrath. Let God take vengeance. Don't take it upon yourself to um, build up walls to um, keep them out or go out of your way to make their life more difficult. If God is opening doors for you and you want to share the true authority that comes from following him, then I believe it is is my responsibility if I warn somebody about danger to also be able to point to them a better way. Don't just be content on pointing the finger on what somebody else did and how bad it was. I also need to be willing to find out a way to translate to people who might be, um, you know, might be in a trick bag. Help them to understand that even if they struggle, even if they have hard times, God's way is truly better than trying to take the law into your own hands and and going out of your way to make their life or their job more difficult. So that's all my that's all I've got. Uh, I want to give you guys a heads up in the weeks to come. The podcast is going to change. Um, I still intend for it to be three segments, but I, uh, I expect us to have some, um, some new activities on a regular basis. And there's just, there's some big things coming. There's some big things on the rise, um, regarding, uh, the podcast and regarding, um, nine points LLC in general. So remember wealth is to be spent, but treasure is to be shared. God bless you. Go enjoy your families.